Welcome folks. Episode 5, where this is the first, if the camera doesn't cut out, this is the first YouTube. So welcome audience of YouTube. It's exciting. It is exciting for us. We're progressing in the world. Mm. Right, get that table in here. Mm. Well, watch the beer. I'm not going to touch the beer. Right, so what are we having this time, Graham? Beer wise. We are having... We have a lager. Yeah. Log, log, lager. Lager. Can I have a Vienna style lager, please? What is a Vienna style lager? Is there a. It's toastier and maltier than a normal one. A bit more depth of flavour. Well, it definitely looks like a deep colour. Uh, it's definitely deeper. Usually it's a bit darker. Uh, not a style of beer that I know very much about because I by and large don't like them. Then lagers? Mm. If there's any beer. Is this why this is the most bonded one in that box? Yes. It's the reason why there's so many left in the fridge. <coughs> oh, I know you and you're gonna probably. Right, straight away, I'm thinking this would make a class batter for your fish. That, that, it's ideal for that, I would imagine. It does have that kind of smell. Do you know what it would be class for as well? It would be class in a stew or something like mm-hmm. Deglaze the pan. Yeah, well, you're more a stew man. I would be using that for a wee bit of beer batter. A wee bit of batter. I get, the, get, get a bit of cod off, you, off the fish man. I was just thinking. Then cook turn on Saturday. Mm. Bit, of, bit of cod, get it home. Bit of flour, a bit of beer, get your batter in, stick it in a pan, put your tape on, oh shit, pan is Okay, so immediately that just tastes like, I'm getting the vibe of flat coke. Yeah. <coughs> you ever have coke that's flat and you put it in the fridge and it's chilled, but you're like, okay, well it's coke. But it's flat, but it's chilled, and I don't want to waste the coke. Yeah, so you just drink, so you drink it anyway. That's initially straight away. It's pretty much exactly my thoughts. <laughs> like it's it, or like a fat, a flat fizzy drink. It's like it's like just about to lose the the fizz. Flavor wise as well, and it's not true of all Vienna lagers, but this one in particular, like it's so like it's such a superficial like beer in that. When you drink it, you get a taste, like a big explosion of bang, and then it's gone. There's nothing, it just doesn't linger, there's nothing. That's there. true, that's true. So you just have to keep, to get any kind of taste, you have to keep throwing it in. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not really to get to, to get any joy. Yeah. But, it's malty. It's sort of toasty. Not that toasty though, but like a little... I can tell the toast, toast what you're trying to get. As I'm going... <coughs> Excuse me. As I'm going, it's kind of getting worse, but I'd have to say, as far as the beers go, for me, I for you, yeah. this is the best one so far. Oh, really? Ooh. So, like, just because it doesn't stay in my mouth, literally for the <laughs> exact reason that you've just said. Well, I've just said that it's not great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it doesn't stay there. It gets the, I was like, oh, you drank me. See you later. Like. Like I get it. I'm not gonna be imposing on your life anymore. That's that's exactly what I want for my. I it's the. That, in fact, in fact, that's essentially. This is essentially, if you had to have, a. <clears throat> a, a non-alcoholic beverage style alcoholic beverage, is exactly what this is. So, for example, I have my tin of coke, here, not a sponsor, that. <laughs> 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 uh, we don't want to go 
Brennan's about a route and get fucking sued. Oh, can you imagine what would happen if Google found out we were... Exactly. We, we don't have over 10 million subscribers yet. But, like, we don't have that. So, like, yeah. they're not going to fuck it. Put us in jail. <laughs> anyway. <coughs> so, like, if I drink Coke, it's like, oh, fuck, Coke's so good. And then I sat it down. And it doesn't, like... It's not like... I love Coke because it stays in the back of my throat for, like, five minutes after I drink it. Do you know what I mean? I Same with cider. Cider doesn't fucking stay in the back of your throat. You drink it, you have a nice flavour, it's gone. We all, yeah, we all. That's what it's built for, I think. Yeah, so this, I feel like this is built in a similar way, would you not say? Yeah. It's just very, yeah, I guess so. It's the kind of... It doesn't even taste like beer. It doesn't taste like beer. It definitely tastes like beer. Just beyond lager. Only, only after a bit. But as I say, this is like a watered down version of an IPA. That's what it tastes like to me. Like, take an IPA, water by half. That's what you're getting. Yeah. Take the brewing process for a lager and be a bit more involved. And that's what you've got. Right, well I still don't like it, so... Yeah, it does. It's, it's still going to sit over there. And I have to... I, I'm driving home, so I'm not going to drink anymore. There's a couple of sips. So close. You don't, you don't want yours? No. Oh no. Oh no. What are we going to do with that? Oh, that's a disaster. Standard. Uh, it's actually important to note these glasses are perfect size for one bottle. They are. One bottle equals one glass. It's almost as if that was. It's almost as if that was the intention of the time. Excellent. Okay, so I kind of sprung this episode on Graham and he said he didn't have anything to talk about, but did you find anything? In the... Well, I'm going to br- bring up something that's happened in the news. Oh, well, it's actually the one show and it actually angered me to the point of human. Right, so basically the whole gist of the story goes oil-based plastics are really bad for the environment. I'm going to put it out there. Stupid Proof Podcast supports the abolishment of all oil-based plastics in replacement for hemp-based plastics as they dissolve into the environment without any trace. Okay? So, McDonald's have took out a a cardboard straw. And this is happening all over the place now. So anywhere, I think even Starbucks maybe yeah, think so. are starting to bring in cardboard straws for their chilled beverages. Yeah. Stuff like that there. This is happening and this would be a thing. I went to McDonald's, hadn't had McDonald's in a while. Come out, open the straw, was cardboard. I was like, yes. Finally, finally, you just need to get a hemp plastic top for their cardboard cup and then their entire cup. Basically all of their stuff is recyclable. Then once yeah. you get that top, the tops of the cups fixed so great loved it it was like oh i've never had a cardboard straw before that well i I think i have but let's see what these things are like oh fucking unreal they're amazing right class grand 100 percent drunk my drunk drink drank my drink yeah (laughs) ate my food happy days right rolling around the one show this night during the week right and these people these low lives of society oh, here we go. are complaining about McDonald's having a cardboard straw. Right, because they like the plastic. Because they like the plastic ones yes. and they change the taste of the drink. They don't like me drink with plastic straw because it, 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 if I leave my drink for over half an hour, it, it, 
if they see the weights in the drink, don't leave the drink for half an hour and it won't disappear. But Chris, the cardboard straw feels funny in my mouth. Don't. <laughs> they, they're saying the cardboard changes the taste of the drink. It doesn't. It doesn't. And guess what? You absolute idiots. You idiots. What do you think the cup is made out of? Cardboard! The car cup is cardboard in McDonald's. Aye. So if the straw is changing your drink, <laughs> why is it the cup changing your drink? <laughs> because the straw's made out of the same stuff the cup's made out of. So, uh... Well, it's a different type of cardboard, Chris. Surely. I don't know. Oh, Probably not at all. No. I don't know. People baffle me. Like, if you leave the cup... Like, I've left my McDonald's drinks like, the, the cup is cardboard. I've left my drinks in my room overnight right, and the cup hasn't disintegrated. Right. So, people are just wild. They don't like change, man. I don't like them. They're disgrace. They but, didn't say the word disgrace. Yes, there's persons like, they're, they're awful. They should change back. That's literally what people were saying on the street. I was like, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? Go away and get casted because you, your idiocy should not be fucking sustained in the gene pool, honestly. See people, see people. I hate people. Do you not think I love the viewers though. So. Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> Do you not think though that this whole plastic straws thing is like an aggrandized, individualized guilt maneuver by the government? Not in like a conspiracy way, but in like a general, t in order to make people, or in order to draw attention away from the incredible amount of like, damage that large factories and industry is doing to the environment. What we do is we place individual guilt on all the members of the public by going, we're changing your straws so that you cause less damage to the environment. I don't, honestly, I don't think McDonald's are taking that stance as a company. Not McDonald's, but like... McDonald's changed their straws because an eight-year-old wrote to them and said the straws are getting stuck in turbo mouths. No, it's, please. see, that sounds like the biggest pile of crap. But it's true, like, because they have the ladder and they showed it. It's like, well, this... this Anyone could have read I could have read it. I'd read it with my left hand. To, I'd to, yeah, I know that, but to be honest, they were probably in the transition period. Put it like this, I know for a fact that things don't happen overnight. And of course they don't. <clears throat> just because somebody writes a letter doesn't mean that letter is going to mean anything. So, like, basically I'm pretty sure they're probably in the transition period of moving to cardboard straws anyway. And this letter came in, happened to come in, or else one of the CEOs got their eight-year-old daughter to write it. Yeah. And then they said, look at this eight-year-old, we're changing because of her. And it's like, okay, fine, it's a market employee, everyone can see that, but, you know, Forget about your marketing, forget about the thing. The main thing is that they are changing and they are disintegratable now, so I'm happy about me. I think it's great. This these bracelets, these two are for four ocean. And they're twenty quid a like a month if you do a subscription thing. But I only pay like one or two months. And basically <clears throat> twenty quid gets you the bracelet. And the bracelet is like all recyclable material, recycled material, and that twenty quid goes towards one pound because it's an American company; they do everything in pounds rather than kilos. A uh, one pound of plastic, which is a lot. Plastic's light. 
one pound of plastic, that funds one pound of plastic getting removed from the ocean and recycled. So I think it's a great cause and I, I really like it. And they, they, they support different things. So like they'll they'll add they'll donate to a certain amount of it to certain conservations every month. So the first one was just a standard, you just remove plastic from the ocean, happy days. The second one I done was they'll remove thing plastic and plant trees to sustain sort of to, to sustain like sort of environments that have experienced deforestation yeah. and shit. And then there's one for like sea turtles. And there's the third one I bought, which broke unfortunately, was the preservation of the, the what do you call it, Great Barrier Reef. Mm. So, in Australia. So like, they do different things and I think they're great. And if you want to sponsor us, please sponsor us because I love these. It's a really cool cause and it's funny you should mention that actually. Whenever I was buying this watch, they personally assured me that the maker of the watch would punch a baby seal in the face right after he was finished. Oh, well, that kind of is a contra, contra to my... No, I just I just wanted to know that animal cruelty was being done on my behalf. Is that not kind of similar to what you were talking about? No. Sorry, I wasn't listening. Yeah. Nice satire. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> I so, spent yeah. most of the time thinking about it, to be honest. So what's new with you, Graham? So I was playing a gig in Belfast last night and the bouncer is really sound and it's one of the oldest bars in Belfast and he's a proper old school like that old? no it's not really he's a it's proper old school like bouncer on the door as well like, he's like a proper like big West Belfast chest always puffed out like, kind of like and uh, he's really down and he's really lovely but I finished the gig and I was sitting outside having my like post sort of gig in Belfast pint just to kind of chill out after all because I can <coughs> he was just sitting there he slid up beside me and he was chatting and he just slid up like you know like, like, bench, like, like slid down the, yeah like slid down the bench like slid up beside me right that's very like, really weird already but go ahead oh not like you know not creepily but you know just slid oh, there'll be a like, point of it like you took it out, out a bit weird as if he went Yes. Like I, I just like a picture in my head. The cartoons, or it's like it's like someone sitting like that, and they literally just move across, like Johnny Bravo, like just move across. <laughs> <and sit. laughs> he's about six foot two. He's not sliding anywhere. Not noticed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, he popped up alongside. With the with the flute tune. Like, That's like, the one. <laughs> he made that exact noise as he came on. Uh, <laughs> sitting talking to a girl I know who's from Kuwait. And um, Kuwait. Yeah. Is that a country? That's a country, yeah. Right. She speaks Arabic. Okay, right. So we're all having this. A girl you know that speaks Arabic? Yes. Right, this is new to me, but go ahead. No, fair enough. Well, <laughs> <laughs> have other friends, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. I'm oh, sorry. Anyway, yes, uh, so <laughs> there's a break in the conversation, and I turn around, and he's been sitting here silently for a while, so I'm thinking he wants it. Like, yeah, he's sitting here because he wants to kind of come in, and I'm like, "What's oh, your crack?" Blah 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 blah. And he turns around, and he just goes, "Nothing really, mate, to be honest." But uh, do you mind fucking off, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Excuse me. He's like, "Nothing, not being rude or nothing, but like, well, no, but you definitely are." <laughs> <laughs> I think like, that's that's like that's literally what I'm like. But you definitely are being rude. Like I hate to break. <laughs> but yeah, so he's like, "I'm not being rude or nothing, but like." Can you just like all go away? Because I want to go home. <laughs> so that's fine. And like we all go a bit of like a ha, a bit of a laugh. 
And then we're having this chat with Euron from Kuwait. Like, see, I, I'm wild. I, I just, there'd be part of me that wanted to stay longer than I intended. I stayed until like one o'clock. Oh, the closing, the lights come on, and I was like, I finished, and I'm away. Oh, but like, I just like left my pipe. Even if there's a mouthful left, left it all night till it was right. Till it was one o'clock. And then I'd be like, oh, closing. I could have finished this three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this is really this guy's this guy's class. Uh, sitting there with this chat about them, how you know, like different like slang and sayings from Northern Ireland, and how they would translate into like Arabic, Arabic and how yeah. that would work. And we stumbled upon this really funny coincidence where I says um, about you know, he's some man for one man. You know that? No. He's some man for one man, like. As in, like, he's unreal. He does what, yeah. He, he does a wild lot of work. A lot of stuff for one fella. Like, ah, okay. Man. So, uh, I tell her that, and she just goes, we have that exact saying in Arabic. And I was like, no, you don't. She's like, no, word for word, literal crossover translation, and that never happens in Arabic. Like, they have so many, their like, English translations into Arabic and back to English come out, like, ah, yeah, that make yeah. absolutely no sense. Stuff about saying goodbye, it literally involves a table. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, it makes no sense. And she goes, no, that word for word, he is some man for one man, is a direct translation into Arabic. So I'm assuming you put your your cover and you went to Google Translate and you typed in, he's some man for one man, man. and translated to Arabic and then translated that back into English. No. So what I did was I turned right around to the happiest bouncer in Belfast. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. And I goes, are you hearing this? This is lethal. And he was, what? And I told him. He's even better than And I told him, and the whole time, I'm like, I'm buzzing like this is class. This yeah, is the best. He, there's a part of you knew this would annoy him. I, okay, I did. In fairness, I did right. Know. So he turns around and he just stares at me the whole time and he just goes, I actually think I heard that in a poem once. <laughs> you start asking people, you hear you. Oh, bounces are, why is Arcata? And then he turned around and he goes, I have one better for you, right? He's I've never heard of this one. Oh no. <laughs> like, I can only imagine. <laughs> he goes, There's this wee saying, and it's, it's a very Belfast localised thing, and it's something that, like, is pretty much centralised just to bouncers, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> but there's this wee thing that we say sometimes when people will not get out of the bar. And then he tells us to fuck off. Do you want to fuck off? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, how do you translate? <laughs> how do you translate that in Arabic? I just heard, like, fuck your one wild cunt, but I, I love him dearly. And he just sat there, and I just was like, do you mind if I have one more pint? And he was like, right, you get a one more pint. One. And the way you ask him permission, it's not, the bar's not closed yet. Because it was being, like, you know, sound. What? He's not being sound to you, so why the fuck would you he say He's being funny. I don't know. Mm. I did it in court. So you did. So, so <clears throat> to put some context down, literally last last year in like, it was basically like the start of January. I was driving to Belfast and I was in a wee bit of panic, right? Because I submitted a bit of work coding. And I, you know, when you're coding, you know, when you're submitting, you have to give them the script that you wrote, obviously, so they can mark the script as well as the thing. So and make sure that everything runs, and you know they'll run it through through it. I'm assuming, and 
they'll see if you know if it works and all that kind of shit. So uh, I had sent the wrong file the night previous, and that was the deadline was midnight. So I emailed them the next day, which was Saturday, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" I done that. Emailed the wrong file. Uh, I'll, I'll email the right file today. So I was driving down to Belfast at 11 o'clock in the morning. I got up the night before at like half 11 and submitted it at 12. So I woke up, like I was already late to bed, woke up, went to So on my way through Dunyan, I accidentally drove into the back of the car. Right? So what happened was, coming up to the roundabout to go onto the motorway, this car was rightly ahead of me. I, I, I don't drive right up people last like so I was right ahead of me. It was one of those days the sun blew in the sky and I was kinda of looking around the roundabout. So the car's there, staying right in here. I was kinda of looking off round the roundabout as I was approaching the giveaway. Yeah. And there was nothing on the roundabout. There's absolutely nothing there. So in my brain, I'm saying, right, there's nothing on the roundabout. This car will surely have gone. It's a giveaway sign, it's not a stop sign, mm -hmm. right? So giveaway, basically, if you come up with a giveaway in basic driving terms, if you, go on, if you come up to a giveaway sign, you basically are giving way to traffic that's already there. Yes. If there's no traffic there, you can just mosey on and don't stop. Right. At the stop sign, you have to stop, handbrake on, all the rest of it, right? So, essentially, I was like, right, they'll go be gone because there's nothing there. Look back, oh fuck, they're not gone, and I'm quite close to them now. Applied the brakes, was a wee bit too late, literally a wee knock forward, couple of feet, happy days, right? It's like, oh fuck. Husband gets out of the car, passenger seat of the car, and I had almost fucking driven to them pre but this traffic lights before this. Mm. That's why I give them so much space. I was like, fuck me. Like, I was a close call. Yeah. On the went. He came out, and the first thing he said to me was, you were close before. And I was like, paying a while to pay attention there for a passenger. Aye. So that was alright. I was like, I'm sorry, my fault. Nothing I can do about it. Chuck his hand, apologised. Checked the car. There wasn't, basically, if, to, to get the kinetics of how cars work nowadays, back in the day, it used to be one big solid bit of metal. Like everything was metal, everything was steel or whatever it was. And it was like basically like, oh, good strong interior, but a good strong exterior, you get crashed into something, you'll be protected. Yeah. But really, in terms of kinetic energy, that's like putting an, a, an egg in a stainless steel box and shaking it about. Right. We all know what's going to happen, right? So as obviously kinetic energy and everything and the knowledge of science and all that shit has got better, now cars are designed to crumple, to take the impact. A bit like... You know, when you have a when you have cities that are in earthquake zones, okay. they have special sort of foundations that, that move mm. so that they're not they're not rigid sort of rigid so that the, the shakes will literally dissolve, disintegrate the building. Okay. The building kinda of shakes with with it and it kinda of get gets rid of the energy so the building doesn't completely rack itself. Yes. Same principle. If you get hit nowadays in a car, the car body is designed in a way to crumple in and absorb the impact. Okay. So that you don't don't actually move right. in your seat or move less than if you got hit on a big stainless steel car and you, someone drives into you, your whole body's like in the whiplash and all that jazz, yeah. right? So 
that's the thing. There's a plastic, so plastic car, light metals crumple in specific ways, designed specific angles, all that jazz. Mm. There's a plastic bumper on this car, and my car has a plastic bumper, even though my car's a wee bit older than this car. Got out, looked at my car, I was like, fuck, I bet this bumper is in shit, mm. even though it was tiny, a tiny wee knock. Looked at my bumper, no damage. Looked at their bumper, my perception, no damage. But their bumper was quite dirty, so I, well not quite, it was a wee bit dirty. So I wiped with my hand, sending the dirt off just to see if there's any scratches or whatever was there. What was there was the equivalent of, if, I, if you can imagine, do you know if you take a, like a plastic bottle and you wield it off the ground uh, and it, 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 scuff. it, it scuffs the top of the cap? Uh, That's the depth of the knot, of the, the wee chip, the wee scrape that was in the paint, or in the, in the plastic. A wee tiny, like, you know, wee tiny, like, sort of plastic, where well, the plastic has kind of got right. chipped, more or less. So, I kind of got him to turn around, and I could tell that the, the sort of, the motions were leveling off. I'll be dead. The driver gets out with his wife. She comes up. You were close before. Same thing again. I was like, fucking hell, like, come on. Like, why, why would you say that to me straight away? Like, sure, you're more concerned about your car. Yeah. So immediately, sort of, in the back of my head, it's like, that's a bit strange that they said that. Yeah. And she took a while to get out of the car. So, not a while, she was got her a couple of minutes after he did. So, I basically already talked to him, and we had kind of conversed a wee bit, and I said, like, look, I gave my phone number, call me, I'll get the price, I'll pay you, all the rest of it, avoid the insurance. So, she got out, Blah blah blah. I'm gonna have to report this. I like work away. One zero one called the police. Police helpline. She talked about it. Oh, there's nobody injured. Blah blah. Nobody's injured, right? right? Yeah. He goes. Let me talk to the other driver. She gave her phone to me. I said. And he goes. There's nobody injured. And I was like, right. Grab no worries. And he goes. Only send people out. Ambulances out if there's somebody injured. There's nobody injured. So just exchange your details. Walk away amongst yourselves. Yeah. Happy days. I took a picture of his car. He took a picture of mine. And I took a picture of both because I want, he was doing it more because he wanted my license plate. Aye. But I was doing it because I know this is going to go somewhere and I want to document the damage because he yeah. didn't take a picture of his own car. Yeah. I took a picture of his car. So I took the picture of his car and the picture of mine and it, so I have, the, I have the documentation of the damage at the scene. So basically this went down Insurance paid out thousand pound for this wee tiny. I was like, that's extortion. Yeah. Our premium went up a wee bit, but two or three hundred pound. That was right. Fall was the end of it. Roll around to about February this year. Mm. Letter comes through the door. Such and such a one. He's put in a claim. Personal injury, ten thousand pound. My dad comes in to me. Have you got ten thousand pound to pay? like, what? What are you on about? He's like, putting in for a personal injury thing. Fucking tired, it wouldn't be over. It's like, fuck me. Right, so, that was alright. Now, this is a year later, mm -hmm. bear in mind. So, basically, we're on, we've had two policies in the way that it's worked out for us. We've had one policy where it went up, and then another policy, well, our, our policy we just renewed. Uh, and then there recently and then so we're on two policies away from this accident happening now at this point 
So basically, at this point, we're not affected. Yeah. But AXA, who was our insurer at the time, was challenging the claim. So basically, my dad rung them, told the whole deal. They said, right, that's bullshit. Don't worry about the £10,000. They just put that down on the, on the sheet Aye. as a number. Time passes. No word, no word, no word, no word. Letter comes through the door. Christopher McAnee opened it up. I was like, why? Uh, please contact where you're provided. We need you to go to court. It's like, right. So I called, please confirm, please call and confirm that you've received this letter. So I called them up, told them the whole story. Mm-hmm. And, well, they basically like, well, we know the story. We've got the pictures. We're not, it's not a thing about you not having your fault because you accepted, you accepted responsibility. But as far as driving law, if you drive into the back of someone, you're, it's your fault. Yeah. So basically, it's like it's basically like they want to refute the claim and say basically this is not that good, yeah. or like you know there's un- it's not likely that she's got this injury and they paid out the money at the time and that should have done that. That's basically their approach, and I kind of agreed that to me, <coughs> I felt like you couldn't possibly have experienced that much injury. From right. this sort of a knock, like I mean, the car could put for two and a half foot maximum. Right. Yeah. It was tiny wee knock forward. I didn't. I wasn't injured. And I'm the driver into them. Mm. So that was all right. And you go, oh, well, we just have to see it today. You might not even be needed. They might just tell you to go home. You just have to go to court on that day. Yeah. Happy days. They rolled around. This was cut two weeks ago or something. At this point, and we go to court. Me and my dad. My dad didn't have to go, but he went anyway. So that was right. Went into court. The attorney come up to me and he goes, "Right, we're just gonna have to go through some of these details." And he goes, "Have you got your picture? Like, have we got the pictures of the car that you sent in?" And I goes, "No, they're not any pictures. I took. I have the pictures on my phone." He took them. Went into the whole thing about, "Well, how did you get that close to the car? And how is this? And blah blah blah." Right? Mm-hmm. And I explained basically going to fucking you know like literally minute detail about everything. And I goes, "You weren't injured and blah blah the whole thing." That was alright. So we got called into the room and your woman goes up, right? So that's alright. She says her piece. Now effectively she didn't lie, I wouldn't say, but she said everything in terms of like what happened at the time, she said everything that happened. Which yeah. dead dead murder image to my story, exactly what happened, right? So I was like, right, well she's she's saying the truth so far anyway. So <clears throat> the wife was saying, so when did these when these pains come on, oh, sh- shortly, like uh, towards the evening time, because they were going to a wedding, towards the evening time of the wedding, and they had to leave early. Right. And she emphasised that if that if it hadn't happened, they would have stayed on later. Right. Like, I, was, I was thinking, well, that's irrelevant. The judge won't take that into consideration because it's literally irrelevant. The time that they choose to leave is the time they choose, and that's it. So she was saying she was experiencing these pains after the accident on the same day. Right. And... She went to the GP and she got these anti-inflammatories and these different things and these tablets anyway and this pain went on for a couple of months or whatever, six weeks or something and now and then it cleared up and all happy days, right? Aye. And oh and you seen yeah, you went through what do you call it? Therapy, what do you call that? Physical therapy is it or yeah, physical therapy. Yeah, yeah. Help, 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 help,
That was her, the guy, the guy that so that's the prosecution. Aye. So the defense boy gets up, which is basically our side, Axel's side, yeah. and he says, Excuse me, uh, so you say this happened, you say this happened, he literally tore her to bits. Bits. Aye. Absolute shreds. So he goes there, oh, so you say these things come come on. Now what did you do? You went to your GP and you got the thing and all the rest of it, right? And you waited yeah. February. Huh? And then you waited the February. Yeah, well, basically, yeah, you had to, you waited. So basically, that that was the bit, the, the crux of the bit. Like, yeah. If you had injury that day, why wouldn't you put it in straight away? Yeah. And you're like, I literally still have the stuff now. You've plenty of time. You've kind of, you know, the, the doctor stuff's all fresh. It doesn't yeah. go on. All that kind of jazz. So, basically, he goes, you got all these things and there now there's a court doctor. Yeah. Right? There's a court doctor and basically he assesses you before you go into court and does a whole medical thing. Aye. If you're doing one of these things. And the court doctor gets paid by the court to do it. Aye. So she has to go there and do that. He goes, you've seen Mr. X, and, or Dr. X, whatever his name is, and you said to him, and he asked you, had you ever experienced any back injury before? And you said, no, is that correct? And she said, yes, that's right. And he goes, but, but you did experience back injury before. In fact, on such and such a day, basically 15 years ago, yeah. she had another accident at another roundabout, uh -huh. basically identical to this, uh -huh. and she had back pain that lasted a whole year. Right. Interesting. And back, and you, you described this quite similarly to the pain that you're experiencing now. Yeah. And she goes, oh, but that was 15 years ago. That didn't occur to me at the time to tell him. And he goes, well, that, you know, if you, if, 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 if you had spent, spent a whole year, yeah. you know, in pain, in pain. Uh, surely you would remember it. Uh, especially when it happened again, almost exactly the same. Almost exactly the same. And the doctor asks you, have you ever experienced back pain before? And you say no. You say no. Right? So, she says no. And then she goes, oh, it didn't occur to me to tell him. Alright, okay. So, you say you went through physical therapy. Now, was this advised by your GP? Mm -hmm. No, no, it wasn't. Was this advised by Dr. X? Mm -hmm. oh, no, no, it wasn't. Uh, oh, so, uh, so did you, you went to a private clinic then? Mm. Oh, no, I didn't. Right. Oh, so then how did you go through this, this physical therapy? Uh -huh. Oh, it was a family friend. Right. Oh, so you must have been an appointment at their place of work and went to their place of work to get this treatment. Yeah, here we go. No, no, they just, they just come around to my house. Yeah. So they just come around to your house and this is just a family friend. Yeah. Okay. And you say, like, man, and you say this pain went on for X amount of months. And all this kicking and stuff, and she went on about like, oh, and she she was, and now this was very similar to this other accident, wasn't it? This this thing about, like, you, you had this pain this time. She goes, yeah, fifteen years ago. And he goes, and you had this exact back pain, you know, very similar back pain to now. Yes, yes, fifteen years ago. And he goes, why do you keep saying fifteen years ago? She goes, because you're making out like I'm some sort serial person that sits around about just waiting for people to drive in them, which is just it's simply not true. As like straight away lost done. Straight away, first of all, you've got heated. Yeah. Second of all, you've lost your cool. Well, that's basically the same yeah. thing. Third of all, the fact that you say that screams to me that you do sit at roundabouts and hope people drive in there. Surely, do you know what I mean? Otherwise, you wouldn't be so defensive. Yeah. If that wasn't something you were defensive about, it wouldn't come into your mind to think like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, Isaac, you're done, love. You, you, you're, you're, you're done. You know, 
if you had just kept it cool, you'd have been if you had been honest with the doctor and all that, you might have actually got something out of this, but I'm convinced at this point, done. Mm -hmm. So that was alright. So he kind of he kind of pulled her to bits yeah. on the stand. She got up and she said she walked. She was one of her things was he was oh yeah I couldn't do my thing I couldn't do this and I used to walk five or six miles every day. Let me tell you something now she does not walk five or six miles every day. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Oh right okay. Not that she's fat. She's not, I'm not saying she's fat but I'm just saying like I can tell I can tell you can tell if you walk five or six miles every every day you'd be a skinny like. Huh? It's not that hard. Really I, but I'm you know, but you need to be, you need to be eating a lot. Regardless, walking five or six miles every day is pretty is is a good distance, like for walking every every day. Like that would take you maybe an hour and a half every day, like walking. Anyway, I could tell that I think that was bullshit to be honest, but who knows? Maybe she does. Anyway, so that was alright. Mm. I get up on the stand and I'm thinking. She's got heated, she's got this, she's got that. The defence guy has kind of grilled me already. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting something. She, he, he started off by asking, so, so you work? You work, don't you? Mm -hmm. Like the, 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 the prosecution. Mm -hmm. You work. Is it all working? Such and such a place and do this and do that. Okay, yes. And, but I said, see, I thought he was going to go down a whole student route of student drivers don't care. They're lax, they're blah, 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 they're this, they're that. So I was expecting her guy to get up and ask me, so do you work? And then I would say, well, no, I'm doing a master's. And yeah. then he'd start ripping into me. Aye. That way, that, that's the route I thought he was going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought, I'm expecting him to go me this way and that way. I'm expecting him to twist me and turn me. Aye. And my stance is, I'm going to be cold. I'm going to be calculated. Yeah. I'm going to answer the questions, dead, yes, no, any expert that I want. Yeah. I'm going to give him no emotion. I'm not going to get hated. I'm not going to go fall down the same trap, right? So I sit on my stand, on the, on the place, after she leaves, and the guy gets up and he goes, I can't remember what the first thing he said to me was, but he basically, one of the things he said, he goes, so, uh, you accepted responsibility? And he goes, oh, well, yes, I, I drove into that car, so that's that. And he goes, that's my fault. And he goes, and uh, it's not your place to say what she felt in the car. Right. And he goes, well, no, I don't know what you felt. Yeah. I was like, it's not my, I don't know what you felt. Okay. Obviously not. So, no. I, and there was it. And he said something else. And I was just, no, I can't remember what it, what it was. It was, some, it was just a simple question. It was like, it, there was no basic, my point was, he didn't ask me anything that would get me riled. Right. Which I was very surprised at. Defence gets up and he goes, uh, how far was the car put forward? Did you yeah. put forward so many feet? He goes, how fast do you think you were going? That's what the other guy asked me as well. He goes, so how fast were you going? Yep. And I said, well, I'm going, I was going between 5 and 10 miles an hour because obviously you're approaching a giveaway. You have to start slowing down in case yep. you have to give away. So you're not going fast when you're approaching a giveaway yep. anyway. So I was, that's the estimated speed was between 5 and 10 miles an hour. How far did you put? And he goes, now, so the defence boy gets up and he says, so you put the car forward. So did, did it go across the white lane? And he goes, well, it did go, I think it did go a bit across the white line, but it didn't have stuck the traffic coming round about. Yeah. And he said, okay. And uh, and what, what did the impact feel to you? That was the, the, the guy. He goes, what did the impact, how did you f feel the impact was? And I said, the emergency, was, he goes, it didn't feel like that big of an impact. The emergency stop manoeuvre 
yeah. in your driving test is more of an impact um, is more of a of a, yeah. of a of a saw than what I felt in that time. Yeah. And he said, okay. And the defense guy goes, so when you get through for you, you would you say you were thrown forward into your seatbelt? Mm. And he goes, yes. And the, the seatbelt lock. And I go, well, it didn't lock as if you had a big crash yeah. where it locks you and tightens you in. It just yeah. it just stopped me, and that's it, and it was loose again. Right. He was okay. So went on and Ken went down. And I didn't get grilled that heavily. Yeah. So I sat back down, and this is like thing. And so she says she was thrown forward into her seatbelt. Right. And the defence boy gets him and he goes, now, if you're hit from behind, surely you're not thrown into your seat belt. Yeah. You're pushed backwards into your seat yeah. because it's a force from behind. Yeah. So which means you'd be felt pushed back yeah. and that's it. So your seat belt wouldn't lock. So you kind of drilled her on that too when she was up. So I was like, this is, this is called bits on her. It's yeah. bits. She's not getting anything. Yeah. And the boy goes, he goes, I'm going to put forward this as a very mild accident, very similar to the one before. And blah blah blah, all the rest of it. Okay. Does his bit. Judge gets. Judge goes right. Blah blah blah. Reads out his wee bit that he has written before the trial ever gets on. I, I feel like sufficient time has passed between the previous accident that it wouldn't occur to her to tell the doctor. As mm -hmm. I, I was gobsmacked at this point, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like he started off really well. I was like, "Yes, yes." She's not getting anything. And then he turned. I was like, "Oh, oh no, oh no!" And it. He's like, I feel like it is 15 years, is enough time to surpass, it's not, you would fucking remember, a car crash is traumatic, you would remember. Especially if you were injured for an entire year. Like, yeah, exactly. Come on. So, he goes, she didn't, exp like, and so basically cut the whole thing down, with everything the judge said, give her £3,000. What? £3,000. £3,000. I ain't telling you. I was like, that's a pop, I was like, are you joking me? Are you joking me? That's insane. Three thousand pounds. Three grand for what? But I don't know, but apparently I don't know this for certain. But we got a letter through the thing, and it was like, uh, "Oh, basically, we're not part of the court case anymore." Okay. And I think they're they're talking about like she might have to pay court fine fees out of okay. out of out of that three thousand. So she she probably won't come out with a thousand. Right. And where's where's this thousand coming from? Axa pays it. Okay. That's absolute insanity. That's class. Where would I know? I was like, I can't bother. My dad was like, like as typical young driver, old driver. Like a young driver stands up against an old driver. Yeah. You know, they're they're presumed to be like reckless, reckless more reckless, and, and you know, not as much experience and all the rest of it. And that's another thing. I wasn't asked how long I've been driving. No, you know, I wasn't asked that. I wasn't asked my age. I wasn't asked what my, what my occupation was. It basically, I think the whole thing was set up. Like, you know, it's basically all decided before you walk in anyway. It does sound as if they've made the decision already because... Oh, yeah, they do. Like, they do make it already. Like, unless something new comes out in the middle of the case that changes that decision type of thing. I was, I was gobsmacked. And the attorney goes to me when we were walking out and goes, Becky, you thought you were going to get anything. Yeah. And I goes, yeah, you fucking, yeah, I think you went hammer, you fucking tore to bits. Yeah. Well, well, that's, 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 what, that, that's just what the, uh, the insurers have to deal with. Yeah. Until the law gets better, basically. Do you not like, have to sit and like, properly bite your tongue whenever you heard that? Do you not have to sit there and be like... <laughs> okay, well, no, I'm not paying it. I would if I had to pay it. I... If I had to pay £3,000 for that... I would be furious. I would be human. I object. <laughs> my, my point. My point is like 
Well, put it like this: if you had a, if you were up on that sort of thing where where you're liable, you you'd be paying for your own journey, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, that sort of way. So, but luckily we weren't, and it wasn't our our thing. It was because I was just a witness. Aye. So that was that. So what you're saying to you? I don't remember. It's been twenty minutes. Uh, adolescent pop stars. You heard of Billy Eilish? Yes, yes, yes. yes. I seen you do a cover of her song. No, I, I love Billy Eilish. I think her tunes are class, and she's really different for like a pop star. Like, she's almost sort of anti pop star. The whole gothic thing going on in her music videos are really gross. I've, I've I've seen her like knocking about. She's a bit of a weird doll. Totally Aye. up your street. Aye. No, she's seventeen. She's just turned what? seventeen. She's just turned. She 17. looks older than seventeen. I know, but she's just turned seventeen years old, right? And it's it interests me. A lot of her lyrics are very like. So the lyrics to the Please song. Please don't say they're already sexualized. Are they? Yeah, they are. Some oh, are fuck me. But not in like the same way that you would. Like Ariana Grande. Not like that, but like so her. She luckily she kind of calmed her roll a wee bit on the over sexualization. Oh, she has I. She's not as bad as she was. Nebula. She's not as bad as she was when she was running away with fucking Iggy Azalea and fucking Will uh, Collar, uh, Nicki Minaj. Uh, fair enough, I'll give you that. But yeah, so her, her new song that's out at the minute is called Bad Guy, and the whole point of the song is making you think that she's talking about like you know like a, a real like douchebag guy. Yeah. And the whole the twist, which ends up not being much of a twist, she literally says the word "I'm the bad guy," and then goes duh. As if like you're an idiot, you should have known that. There's nothing clever about this. But the chorus of that song is Bruises on both my knees for you. Don't say thank you or please. I do what I want when I'm wanting to. And then see so you're a tough guy, like a really rough guy, just can't get enough guy, chest always so puff guy. I'm not bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the bad guy. I like it when you take control, even if you know that you don't own me, I let you play the role, I'll be your animal. Now, so basically what you're saying is she's fucking a guy off the ring piece? <laughs> Not really the point that I was trying to get to. But that's, that's what the, the first thing is like, so wait a minute, so she, if she's the bad guy, no. and those, so the, obviously the chorus is from the, the, the partner's perspective. No, she's taking the flip side of what a lot of these songs are about. A lot of these, there's a lot of songs by guys these days that are being like, you girl, you gotta watch out for me because I'm my own man, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a real, like, macho dude, like, and she's been like, yeah, whatever, man. You can say whatever you want, but I'm the one who's like, I'm the one who's in control here. I'm the one manipulating you. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. She's doing, she's flipping it on a table. Well, yeah, like, in fairness, girls, girls rule and boys rule she's that's that is literally the point like she she is literally effective she's effectively turning around and being like yeah you can think that you've got control but but that's literally that uh, is what girls do that you know girls that is the whole the the whole part of male female attraction i think i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure like the whole part of it is females let the man feel like he makes all the choices if you know what I mean. So they, they, basically, the girl has decided whether, if you're in a club or whatever, you, you're you going to go with someone. Oh, please. Okay. The girl has already decided whether you're going to get to it or not. Uh, you know, uh, and she is basically 
set up the scenarios yes. already where you can approach her. So it feels like, from the guy's point of view, it feels like you're being a real macho guy, real confident, going up and sort of, you know, you're you're sort of, you're wooing her and you're like, you know, winning her over and stuff. You've already won her over by the fact that she's talking to you and all that kind of stuff, effectively, because she's already made the decision in her for herself. And she, so you're, you're basically, she let out the trap and you're right in the middle of it, but the trap's so big that you can't tell there's a trap. Not that it's a trap, but you know I'm going to use another metaphor. So the girl has decided, so like, you know, that comedian, what do you call her on Netflix? Uh, uh, yeah, no, no. <sighs> Talking about the girl with mad leather trousers. Really long blonde hair. Aye. I her. She basically goes in this like, uh, girl, <laughs> it made me laugh, it's like, he goes, guys think they, they have it all, but the, it's, it's more like the girl's like, you should come over here. And he goes, yeah, I think I'll go over there. Like, you know, like that's, that's it. Like, you know, it's like, you know, that's literally it. Like the girl's like, come with me. I think I should go with you. Yeah, you should. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it sounds like a very small, well, not a very small, but it sounds like just like a section of like how that sometimes works with some people. And <laughs> See, this is Gray or Graham again, boy. But like, you're just being like, oh, this is the way that it happens all the time. Okay, I would say, I would say it is quite a lot of the time. Like, put it to you like this. And right? you're, you're taking it, you're taking that from like a comedian. No, a comedian thing is based off like. Yeah, but comedy is based in truth. Hey, but that doesn't based in truth. But that's her truth, and I can't believe that those words just came out of my mouth because I'm twenty four and not seventeen, and like. But yes, that's her. That's her thing. It's her perspective. This is what I drive him to. <laughs> but my point is, if you're playing that role, right? The role is the man asks the girl. That's I, the societal role. This is the stereotypical. The, the stereotypical societal role of the male, right? Now, guys, girls should ask guys more, more, more bluntly. Yes. But effectively, if you're playing that role, the, you're giving the girl the decision. You're giving her the decision anyway. Yes, that's her. Yeah. So if you ask her, here, I like you, I want to go out with you, whatever else, right? You're giving her the choice to say no or yes. The fact that you've even got to that point, one or two things will be, she hasn't even clocked you. Right. Not even clocked you. Right. At this point. Right. Which is probably, I would say, a good 80% of the time, if she hasn't clocked you, and you go up and you approach her and you approach her in that way, the answer is going to be no. Because she doesn't even fucking have a clue. She hasn't paid attention to you any part of the night. You know, you see her, you think she's unreal. There's no basis there for anything. There's no, other than the guy thinks she's hot and she, she literally doesn't have a clue. We, we all know that girls are on another level of attraction than males. They, they need more than just physical attraction. I think no, no, quite no, a lot of them. Yeah. They need to see how you act. I think, like, this is going from, like, listening to like some girls go on about specific things that I'm getting this from but basically from my perspective it feels like girls need to they need more than just what you look like they need to see your temperament they need to see you know they'll judge that from sort of paying attention to how you carry yourself throughout the course of an evening if you're in a club or in a bar or whatever right or if you know them as a friend and you become more big a lot of friends like end up going with each other because they know each other, they know the temperament. Yeah. Those are the best relationships. Because you oh, know Wow, that's a big leap to make. They are the best ones. Sometimes oh, they're not compatible. That's not even 
vague lads that just leap the team, Some, just take them sometimes statistical evidence whatsoever. I, I go on experience. Anecdotal. Anecdotal evidence, yeah. We have no room for this in this lab, lad. Take your anecdotal stuff and get out of my well, house. Well, anecdotal has its place. Has its place. Out of my house. <laughs> in law. Sing. In law, anecdotal evidence counts. We're not in the courtroom anymore, bye. Anyway, so they're the best reason because, in my opinion, there you go. And I'm going, that's anecdotal evidence, but it's my opinion. Not, I'm not saying they're all compatible, which, you know, I'm not saying every single relationship, just because it's a good relationship doesn't mean that the two people are compatible together. He's cringing at fuck now, but like, my yeah, point is... Have a stroke. But okay. you know what I mean? Like, you could think, oh fuck, this would be great because we're best mates. You go together and your, your relationship is designed to go to that level, therefore it doesn't work. Aye, but that's fine, yeah. But you just said but I mean it the might be a good relationship, but they're just not compatible. And I'm like, that's literally... Yeah, because happens. those two things are like, not. that doesn't work. Yeah, it's it does, only a good relationship. You have, you have a good relationship as friends, but if you go to oh, the next right, level, no, yeah. it's not compatible. Right. Therefore, it doesn't work. Right, so, But the relationship that go together, that are friends, and then they move into more than friends, Aye. those relationships that last, last longer than just meeting someone normal. Right? Unless you really click. Anecdotally. You know, well, you obviously really click. You really, sometimes you really click with someone. There's, there's the times where you, it's the soulmate syndrome. So, I find my soulmate, it was love at first sight. Right? All that stuff. Those are things that happen spontaneous. You don't expect it. You meet someone, you just click, and both of you find it, and click, bang. You've clicked together, and that's it. Sometimes that happens. The other ones is familiarity. So, I'm familiar with you. I'm comfortable. We know about each other. I know what you like and you know what I like. We've talked on a more deep level. So it's like starting a relationship on fucking like 20th date. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So those are the two types, I think. Right, okay. So the, the type that I'm talking about is the, the clicking one. Right. We clicked. We totally clicked. Uh-huh. You didn't totally click. The girl has already decided whether you're going to click. Uh, okay. That's my point. That's what I think. Where did we get off? Oh yes, Billy Eilish. Oh, right. I don't care anymore. <laughs> so Billy Eilish, yes, go ahead. Child, it's not even Billy Eilish. It's just she's the latest in a long line of examples of child. She's a child. She's seventeen. She's not. Yeah. She's not an adult yet. Like yeah. She's just Probably like this. If one of us was to go with her and have a relationship, we'd be frowned upon by society. Yes. So, she's like, and she's just the latest in a long line of child pop stars that have like overly. Not overly sexualized lyrics, but like sexualized lyrics, and it begs the question to me of like, at what point does that kind of marketing become Bad. amoral? Depends what your moral stance is. Because like it's okay to yeah, but you see, morality is it is flexible. It's for a lot of people. It's societally it's a societal construct really because. If you go back, if you're going right, gonna take it right back into brass tacks. Oh, here we go. Back in the days of the cavemen. <laughs> well, he knows where I'm going. Yeah. Like, you know, humans aren't designed to live to 100. No. Monogamy is very recent. Not, no, not, I'm not all about monogamy. No. You know, oh, if you want to be monogamous, I'm a big believer in monogamy, so I'm not going to go down that route. But my point is, if you take down the biology of humans in general, that, you know, technically... Me and Graham are OAPs at this point. If you take down the actual biology, it's rude. It's only through medicine, 
through our own brains, through finding these other these cures and stuff, yeah. that we'd be able to push the, that barrier of life back and back. Yeah. Average age expectancy for a for a human is forty, not hundred nearly uh, yeah. at this point. So when we hit puberty, i.e. 11, 12, in and around there, we're, we will basically be able to have kids. Yeah. That is an adult in our biology. It's only society that's decided yeah, that adults are 18. We've imposed that age. Through imposing that age, we have made our, we have crippled our development. Crippled it right down. So essentially, an, a 10 year old should have the working knowledge of an adult, is my point. All this stuff about, oh, Mo you, should let, you should let your child listen to Mozart and have really expressive vital colours to improve their development. Right? That, that like, by, by five, they're out hunting. You know, back yeah, in the day. Back in the day, but that's out of necessity rather than, like, yeah, but what's though, right developmentally for, like, someone. Yeah, but how do you know what's right developmentally? If it's right back then through necessity. It boils down to the environment. It we're boils down to the environment, yes. We're not in the environment but, where they so, need to be hunting at five years old, so why would you have that happen? They're much better off developing mentally and the easiest way to do that at that age is to expose them to as many different things as humanly possible exactly that's totally right course of action expose them to as many things as possible not fucking set them down in front of the tv and let them watch fucking television oh, no, that's absolutely ridiculous that stunts the growth of like that's my point substantial amount education yeah. stunts your development everyone thinks education is meant to expand mind learn more well, about things actual like, education does Actual yeah, education goes specifically about our education system. system. Yes, the current actually system is it's designed to stunt it. It, you know, toddlers are playing with fucking bricks and stuff rather than actually starting to see things and learn from parents. And if more kids, put it like this, if more kids went to work with their parents rather than going into primary school, they'd learn more. They would quicker. They'd have a better working knowledge of life. They'd have a better life knowledge. Better you you know. To better utilization of those things. So when you say the oversexualization of lyrics, and she's seventeen, technically, if you go on a biology standpoint, she's middle aged. Not now, she. So you keep. Not today. That. Today she's not. She's still a kid. Yeah. But so that's where we're standing right. That's now. where we're standing she's right now. Child. She's a child. But In like you know, yeah. But what's the, like my point is, right? She's she's still. Like, she, I don't think. That depends. The probably is the record company, but I don't think the record company's coming up there and saying, "Oh, by the way, make sure you have like about ten puns for dick in this year, and about fifteen of them like entering you as hard as they fucking uh, can." Okay. You know, I don't think they're coming up there and saying that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they're not doing that. She's writing it herself. It's from an adolescent's perspective. The people at seventeen are obsessed with sex. Some of them are. You saw the one, right? Well, you know. That's what I'm here for, Chris. To like take the you're like I all seventeen year olds are looking to fuck everything and then go But hormones are aging. Yeah, of course they are, yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. Generally the mass populace, you know, generally yes. like you know, so you know now she's just expressing herself artistically. Maybe. Let her write whatever fuck lyrics she wants. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Well well within reason, don't be tactic with a quite fucking kill all Jews or not like that there, but you know what I mean? Here's the thing. The cop come out. So do you know what Boogie two ninety eight is? This is a YouTuber. Yeah. Don't so know much about him. Beard. Yeah, overweight. Yeah. Oh, I just. So essentially, he went on a big journey of weight loss and. Mm. 
and like I was watching a few, like I, I've seen all about him and just never really got fussed and I've seen a few things of him and stuff I got there and basically his big child abuse problems and all that kind of shit and but now he's like losing a load of weight and he's lost like 200 pounds or something and mm -hmm. like he's still losing weight and he got gastric bypass and he got all these things yeah, helping yeah. lose weight and he had a problem with his teeth, so he's like, basically, my teeth are atrocious, and I hate my teeth, and every time I smile, I like to do a closed lip smile, but I don't like my teeth. Uh -huh. He got brand new, two of the things is like the screw-ins. Uh -huh. So he got all his teeth removed, because they're all fucked, all right. of them were fucked. Okay. And like, basically, he's like, oh, I literally didn't have money for tooth, for dentistry, yeah. because obviously dentistry in America is really expensive. Right. So... He's like literally any tooth I have problem I just whipped out myself. Yeah. Like teeth have disintegrated and they never want to meet and all that kind of shit. So he went and he's like, I'm getting new teeth today and it's fucking amazing, right? So shows the journey of him getting the new teeth and the new teeth look fantastic. Fantastic, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Unbelievable. So I was kind of looking at a few things and he's showing updates and blah 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 and happy days. Now He's had a problem with his weight for a long time and he started to lose it and fair play to the man. Um, but he was on this other podcast, uh, H3H3. Yes. And on that podcast, I think he was talking about his past relationships and all this kind of stuff. And this wee shit. Yeah. Who? This doll, I don't even know her name. I fucking took, it, it just angered me a wee bit. She went on and was like, oh, I used to, like, why I hate, why I now don't like what you type to, you know, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I was like, what, what the fuck is it? Like, literally, the cub is the most, like, un, the most benign person ever meet, like. Yeah. So, basically, she was going on and be like, so basically, one of the things that was written in his three history was he, he dated a feeder. Yeah. So basically, her her sexual turn on. I was him being was really her, him being really big and her making him eat loads. Yeah. So, like he t t like you know, and she was really skinny. Mm -hmm. So he was like, "Fucking, I get to eat and I get to have sex, fucking unreal." So naturally, he was kind of pretty happy for a for a period. Yes. Until he realised, and then he basically tired to get fucked. Yeah. So that happened, and then a. Basically, he was telling a few of these dating type stories, and he basically was like, "Look, if I can get laid, you can get laid. Trust me." Okay, yeah. Basically, was some of the things he was saying, and she kind of went in on for this, and right. like started talking about all these really sleazy things, and then like really started kind of like I don't like him talking like that, okay. blah blah blah. Yeah. And I was like, right, and then she put up. Apparently, he's on a sugar daddy site, right. of like where he can meet people. Okay. And I was like, right, well, clearly he's on that because he has no self-esteem because of the weight and he literally wants, like, anything for her. And apparently there's stuff about him on his Reddit asking anything thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, he's paid for women to spend time with him and stuff, which is fair enough. Like, if you want to do that, go ahead. You get the money and that's your thing. Work away. Like, well, Correct. or maybe if you just need that because, you know, like, you just feel like you need it, so happy days. Like, but she kind of go in and she goes, oh, it's fine to do that there, but, like... Don't be getting angry when people leave you because you're obese size and and like w when you're on a sugar daddy site and they're only in for financial gain. Don't be getting annoyed. It's like, what do you mean he's getting annoyed because of rejection? Like to me, that person has no clue about the inner workings of like someone with no self esteem. 
You know what I mean? Clearly. Like rejection is rejection. It doesn't matter if they were there for financial gain. There's a part of you that thinks they're not. There's a part of you that wants to believe that oh she's here because she likes me or yeah. she she wouldn't have come just for the money just for the money particularly if the person is really 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 good at their job and yeah can easily make you feel yeah exactly like that so yeah. if someone leaves them like from that side so she was like I oh, don't be doing it and then I just turned off the ads I was so you're literally only there for the views this is clickbait yeah of course it is and I was like how can you how like he's so non-assuming and he's so like sort of middle of the road. He's so literally, this is me and that's it. Yeah. And he's very inspirational to anybody who's losing weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the sheer amount that he's lost. Like. Yeah. What do you, well, you've lost quite a bit too. Not 200 pounds. Like, Not 200 pounds, but still. Like 70-ish maybe, something like that. But 200, that's nothing short of phenomenal. Like, that's ridiculous. So, you know, how did he do it? Like, what was his thing? He got back, I think he, he was losing weight gradually, Aye. but it wasn't fast enough for him, so he got yeah. plastic bypass and then that like literally just dropped oh, it just disappeared off him probably. Yeah. Yeah. No, this I don't know, I don't know, I didn't see the video or nothing, I don't know how it is, but like just signs like just tattoos all over, so it's like looks like a little type, which is really like literally like hateful. Hateful. <laughs> Yeah, it was very very hateful. I thought it was very hateful. I just thought, like, you know, don't, why, why, like, you know, if this stuff's out there already, it's out there for the people who want to find it, you don't have to throw it in people's face. Yeah. You know? Like, just to get, just for your own financial gain, like, it's so dirty. If you see this video, you're scum. Oh, yeah, she'll see it. Send it to her. Post this in reply to her. Oh, you didn't even do that. Shows how old I am. Is the, oh, you can't I still remember anymore. when you posted reply videos. Can you, you have to do that anymore? You can, but you can't do them, like, the way they used to like show up under the oh. video, you don't do that anymore. You would just have to say like, "Oh, I've I've made a video link it." Sort of thing. Aye, same thing. Yeah, you have to do that. Yeah. Well, that's it. Maybe we can share your story. What? For inspiration. What I'm losing weight. Mm-hmm. All right, buckle up, kids. Here we go. Here's how to and how not to lose weight, all wrapped into one. Well, I care to start. Can you start at the start? So we'll start at the start. And What's the start? When it was big. So just like, just. Graham was big. Yeah. So what, what, what weight were you in terms of like the height? Obviously, you were. Just north of. Are you okay talking about this, by the way? Yeah. Just north of 16 and a half stone at 5 foot 7 ish. Okay, so that's. So. Pretty big. Sorry? 16 and a half. So. Yeah. Put it like Graham's, Graham was heavier than I am now. I'm That's 16. About 4 inches shorter. Yeah, well, I'm 6 foot and you're 5'8. So, Two old just under 5'8. Like yeah, seven, 4 yeah. inches shorter. Yeah, so okay. 4 inches shorter and heavier. So. And I'm considered overweight right now in terms of body mass index. Oh, I was considered obese, like. Morbidly, no. Yeah, it said on the. Well, it depends on what you know, BMI thing you use, but yeah, by the majority of them it was. Morbidly so. Uh, I it always bothered me, but I never really did. Well, I, I didn't really yeah, do anything about it until I got to like started trying to do something about it when I was fifteen or sixteen, just before I went to college. Nothing was really sticking. I got really really big in college because I was going to tech, and it was the first time I was able to like buy my own like, food. You know, like outside, yeah, yeah. it wasn't school or anything. Or so it was just I had, like a little subway. And, also, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was stupid about food as well. So I like, 
I realised, uh, me and my friend realised we were getting like quite big, like bigger. We were like, right, we need to stop the subways, man, time to eat healthy, and we'd go and get like the meal leaves out of like Sainsbury's, because we thought it was better. And then one day, I turned around and I was like, hold on. And I looked at the calories of the sandwich, and then I looked at the calories of the juice that I was drinking with it, because fruit juice is healthy, obviously. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's just as bad, probably. Yeah, it's just as bad. Like, it's, it's sometimes more calories than Coke. And then I realised this adds up to more than Subway would have done. So I'm actually being worse. Uh, fast forward. Um, university? The university, and that's when I started, like, kind of... Yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember you starting, like... If, sort of, like... I can't. I can't spe specifically. I feel like you were gradually losing it towards the end of tech. I was very slowly. I started to exercise with some sort of regularity. It wasn't very efficient exercise. Like it was just. I was cycling on a stationary bike. And did you have anything sort of like pains from being that big? Yeah. And my back always hurt. Like constantly, my lower back was always really sore, and I never really attributed to anything. And then over time, I was like, "Your back's really sore because it's supporting like way more weight than it." Than yeah, it yeah. yeah, my back hurt, and knees hurt. Walking for any extended period of time was quite. What standing, even standing for any like significant period of time, like I specifically remember going to a Metallica concert in um, Marley Park in Dublin and having to stand for like five hours and then like. I'm in incredible pain. I'm tired standing. And then that was one of the many like small things that started it, I, guess, like, I, I get tired standing for like a length of a time of yeah. concert, so... See, I don't anymore. I stand all day, like... I, well, in fairness, now is like nothing compared to what you were doing. Yeah, So fair enough. Like, I just, I just, I think I'm just lazy. I just don't like standing. <laughs> I just don't like standing. <laughs> you know, like, you know, but yeah. I still will do it. It's, it's, it's yeah. not even that bad. Like, once I start, you know, it's sort of like, it's because I'm not moving, it's kind of like, it's just stationary pain, it's yeah, not it's actual physical, like, I'm in agony, it's just yes. like, fuck, I wish I could walk about a wee bit, and this wouldn't be as bad, mm. but, you know, as soon as I start walking, you know, I've won everyone getting out, I'm, I'm fine, but, yeah, anyway. Anyway, it all sort of came to, a, it all sort of came to a head, on the day I was due to go to a concert in Belfast, with uh, you and Charlie, actually, it was Elevity. Yeah, I went to see a doctor about losing some weight, and he sat there and right into my face just goes, "Like you stay this weight, you're gonna be dead, like way sooner than you want to. You're gonna be dead incredibly young, either like heart disease or you'll get diabetes or you'll have a stroke or something's gonna happen. You're morbidly obese, so." After that, started exercising. Do you talk a wee bit? Because like, I think it's literally very picking you. Oh yeah, fair enough. Uh, yes, so after all of that, I started the exercise, started to like, clean up the diet a bit. It wasn't very, like, I was still eating the exact same amount of food. I just kind of tried to make it a little less... Like, I just really get really bad for you. Bogging, like, yeah. and nothing really clicked with me until... I started my second year of university, or just before I started the second year of university. I remember, I remember this click. Um, this click was a big click. This was the one. This was like the the ma the magic, like kind of. It just happened. I just like I, I do remember you like basically when me and me and this is the second the same second year where the guy lived downstairs and killed him or what got yeah. killed or whatever. Yeah. The 
this is like the same year and I remember you at the very short you're like I'm doing I'm doing running now. Yeah. So it was fourteen and a half. It was somewhere between fourteen and a half to fifteen stone starting second year. Yeah, so, so you had lost a wee bit at this I'd point. I lost about just like two stone or just shy of Yeah. And I it's funny how like you had lost a stone and I had lost a stone almost to the exact because I lost time, yeah. I lost a stone in first year too. So I went down I went I was sixteen first year. And I went down to 15 or below 15. Yeah. And that, that was really bad. I just didn't eat. <laughs> you know. No, funny you should say that. Uh, so I discovered the magic formula of you're supposed to eat this many calories a day at your height. Yes, yeah. so I figured this out due to the formula that you can get. It's not hard. It was just like 18,000 or something, was it? Yes, 18,000 was in and around what you're supposed to eat to like lose weight at the height that I was like. But... I discovered quite quickly that if you eat even less than that, you lose weight quicker. It's like magic. You don't eat. Your body doesn't have the energy to sustain yeah, the size yeah. that you are, and you just you, lose uh, weight. It burns the fat, yeah. And I also decided to start running because aerial type of exercise was boring the life out of me, and I thought, I'd like to be a runner. A runner's the kind of person I'd like to be. All you do is you throw your shoes on, some shorts, t-shirt, out the door, done. Hot there's be- There's something like really simple and class about it. Running burns a lot of calories. Didn't know that. So I was maybe running like, once I got used to it, I was running maybe like, it wasn't that much, maybe like 10 miles a week. That's about a thousand calories extra a week. I was barely eating. And yeah, I, remember, I remember you barely eating. Just, uh, I'm talking like, skip breakfast. Yeah. Dinner time I would have. You were, you were essentially intermittent fasting. Pretty much. Skip breakfast, in and around 6 or 7 o'clock, I'd have like a tuna salad that I'd make. It wouldn't be a nice tuna salad, it would be like, Mixed leaves and tuna on top of the salad, and it would suck. Yeah, I remember. I remember like your breakfast was literally like twenty grams of Greek yogurt. Yes. Or something, and I remember you putting it on scale. On a scale in the in the kitchen, and that was the day. I think I remember. Sid, do you remember me saying this? I was like, like, are you sure? That's enough. Like, you know, sort of. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Yeah. Do you remember me saying that? Not really. I remember because I was like, right? So I remember because I asked, I was like, so, so you literally count everything you eat? Literally. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. And so you weigh every single thing? He's like, yeah. And how much you eating? And you were like, oh, uh, 1,400 calories a day. And I was like, and you're running? Mm-hmm. And you were going to the gym I twice a day at this point? Well, yeah. So. You done what is it, legs in the morning, fucking chest in the evening or something? Uh, I just wanted, I would have done whatever routine it was I was on at the time and then our other housemate Phil would have went to the gym and I'd have been like, oh, I'll come with you and I would have just done whatever random yeah. thing that he'd done and probably then sit on the stationary bike for an hour because that's what Phil did as well. And it was just all like... Yeah, it was kind of a wee bit hard on it. it incredible. I kind of was like, this is like, I remember a month, like at the... St- at the start of the month, you were fat, and the end of the month, you were skinny. And I was like, I started. That's wild, dangerous. I was like, I can just tell you, I can tell you the exact, not the exact dates to the day, but I can tell you on November of that year, I was 13 stone 13. Yeah. So I'd lost another two. Uh, a stone and a half, maybe, let's say, like almost, it was somewhere between 13 and a half to 14 stone, it was in there. Went home for Christmas, and I came back on in January at eleven stone seven pounds. 
and I just kept going down for the rest of that year. Eventually, at the start of third year, in August of that year, uh -huh. I was nine stone thirteen pounds. And that was like what four months? Yes. So in the space of a year I lost. Which is fast by any stretch of the means. Like that's fast, that's a fast drop it's in pretty a year. Quick. Yeah. From fifteen to nine, that's six yeah. stone in a year, that's half a stone a month. No. Just very quickly. As effective as that was. Not the healthiest way to do it. I got really weak. Like I was, like I was. I, I remember. I remember you, yeah, I remember you getting very tired. Yeah, I was shattered. I was tired all the time. Once I stopped doing all that exercise, I started like eating loads because I'd been priming myself of like nutrition. Basically, and this was basically the summer before third year, which yeah. is when I started going to the gym. So I started eating loads, and I still wasn't putting on weight because I think I had literally run myself into such a like energy deficit that like. I was just, I was taking in food and it was just not, I was burning that many calories naturally by being, by just living, that it just wasn't coming on and I was like, what am I, what am I supposed to do, like what, what the hell happens and the only thing that saved it for me was like going to the gym and like actually trying to lift something moderately heavy a couple of times a week because it like, that would be a new one, yeah, it made me develop a way better relationship with food, yeah, as in, by, by the way like, your latent strength was like ridiculous. It still is. You didn't know like if you're if you're that size, you know your body's kind of underneath all that. You're kind of toned up yeah. to to deal with that weight. So when you lose weight and you start doing it to put it into lift lifting, like you can start off by lifting quite a bit. No, I was weak. No, but you were weak. You were weak before because before you, I got to you. Like yeah, but your muscle, any, your muscle memory, like it, it, it atrophied. But like within like a month or two, they just oh uh, yeah, you, you were you were exploding past me. Like I think you kind of already started before I went. Uh, so you had a bit of knowledge, and I was looking on to you to start off. And I didn't have much knowledge at all at that point, and like I just remember you like explode, like you accelerated. And I was like, how the fuck is he doing this? And then I got stuck. I couldn't, I couldn't break 60 kg mm -hmm. until Johnny Candido saved me. But, yeah. you know, yeah. the bench that was. So, yeah, bench. Like, yeah, doesn't matter. So, yeah, basically. In the words of uh, our Natty Overlord, Overlord, Scooby, eat a bit less, do a bit more. Yeah, eat a bit less, move a bit more. Don't make it complicated. If that's not working... <laughs> Pay a bit more attention to what you're eating. Like, there's no such thing as I count. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Like, you can do some pretty mad things with your body if you just put a bit of time and effort into it. So there we go. There you go. And very quickly, you don't have to talk about this either, you don't want to. But I was, I was looking on a couple of options because obviously I watched it hit a boogie. Obviously, I got like more. Yeah. And there's other people who like lost a shit ton of weight too. Yeah. And then like sort of in those videos they were talking about loose skin. Yeah. And like, oh I can't stop. So what's your sort of experience with that? Uh, is it kinda like you don't give a fuck? Or yeah, I, does it tighten up? Or it tightens up a bit, but it's still there. Um I I did care. And then after I went to America I I came back and I was like I don't really care anymore and these days I take it more as like a 
it sounds too easy to say like a battle scar. Yeah, but yeah. like I know there's a few people that do that. It's physical proof of your achievement. Something that I see. Overcame I I I'd have to get rid of it. it. Doesn't bother me very much. Like I know I've got to wait off the minute nine ten bullies it, but like if mine is to the extent of well I I can't say yours, but if mine is to the extent yours isn't even that bad. It's okay. Yours is kind of barely noticeable. All it really does is it. It means I don't know how to describe it, but like say you were to say you say I was to decide that I want to see my abs, right? Yeah. Which for the record, I just really don't care about. Yeah. Because as long as I'm like fit, physically. Yeah, you you have to build your body around the skin to make a stretch. I have to either lose way more width than would necessarily be very healthy for me to do, in order for them to show through the little bit of skin that I still have. Yeah. Or I would have to build an insane amount of like, well, not an insane amount, but a sizable amount of abdominal muscle for it to show shoulders. Yeah, for it to show through. Yeah. So it does it that way, like aesthetically speaking. I unless I like dedicate like a lot of time to it, I'm never gonna like. It's not gonna be very easy for me to ever like see my abs or anything like that. Nah. When you ever really gotten close. So that yeah, I guess that kind of annoyed me for a while when I was like really, really into like. It just it, for me, if it happens to me, it's like fuck's sake! I've got rid of one eyesore and now I've got another yeah, eyesore. It's there, yeah. Well, it's so it's like, like an eyesore. Like I would treat it like an eyesore, yeah. and for me, like I'd be like, right, how much money is going to take me to get a tummy tuck? You know, <laughs> like at this point, like just let me see the money. What what is it? Thirty yeah. pound? No bother. Go and get it done. You know what I mean? Like that literally would be. No two ways about it, you know. Then there's the surgical scar then as well. It just becomes one thing after another. Yeah, but like I, you can I can deal with a surgical scar. It's the skin. Yeah, it's the skin. It's this to me a surgical scar because the surgical scar is like what happened there. I had loose skin after I lost weight. Now it's not there anymore. I'm happy. You know. Yeah. I think it's a fair trade off. No, that's like for me. Yeah, that would be a fair trade off. That makes sense. So that, that's what I did, but I did look into some of the like the, the side effects and like they're not great. What well, well, yeah, but yeah. Well, apparently, like if you if you get it, like it feels like like for for like the six six weeks after you have to sleep like with your knees up, uh, so you don't put so because if you lie down, you put straight on the stitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, until you recover, you have to sleep like that, and then basically for a year, your skin might not stretch back Aye. when you're walking do so you feel like you're always pulled forward pulled forward yeah. so until until your body kind of adjusts like you know it could take up to a year yeah and then there's obviously other things like there could be welts and like you know a fluid build up that you've removed has and stuff so that side effects that may not prob may not happen Aye. could be could be anything happens that if you get a really good surgeon you might have none of that yeah so Nah, but I'm I I live with it. I live in hope that my tummy isn't that big. Really doesn't matter. It's luck of the draw. I know. I know it is luck of the draw, but my tummy is not big, so I'm hoping it'll not be that. It'll not be too bad. I I would expect a bit, obviously, but you know the ones where I see it's really bad is when people's stomach is literally hanging down over the front of their trousers, Aye. which mine isn't, luckily enough. So, I think hopefully, if if I lose it now, it should be sweet, and I don't have to do that.
or whatever is, whatever is there is like negligible. Yeah. So there you go. That was episode five. Educational and entertaining. It is educational. That's what you get with us. We bit of fun, we bit of education. Expand the mind. But as usual, do your own research, people. Don't be sheep. About. Thanks for liking, comments, subscribing. Follow us on our various social medias: Facebook, Twitter. We're on Spotify. This will be up one up on Spotify, iTunes, all the rest of them. Once it's edited, and enjoy your day.